Hello, hello. Happy podcast day. Today we are diving into how and why dieting causes weight gain. So before we dive into the episode, I wanted to share that it's my birthday week. And if you know anything about me, you know that I celebrate birthday week, not birthday day. And I think everyone should celebrate birthday week. So I wanted to know if you would be willing to celebrate birthday week with me by sharing the podcast. This is one of my favorite things that I do for you guys. And from the feedback that I received from you, it's also one of your favorite things. And I'm so appreciative when you send me a message um, or comment or email or anything saying you liked a particular episode or it resonated with you or anything like that. So let's let's do something. Will you guys do something for my birthday week? Will you help me share the podcast far and wide? And I thought if we could just create what I call a ripple effect, think of popping a rock into a lake and how many ripples a little rock makes, how many ripples a big rock makes. And the, the ripple effect that we have from just sharing with one person, sharing our favorite episode, um, writing a review, sharing the podcast in general on your social media account or anything like that. So can I ask if you would be willing to celebrate my birthday week with me this week um, by sharing the podcast with those who, who need to hear this message. It really is um, a labor of love and something that I really love to do for you guys. And I hope more than anything that it, it really helps support you in your journey as well. So that is my call to action for today. Before you even dive into this episode, will you pause this episode and screenshot it, share it on social media, um, share it with a friend. You can click the, there's a link to like copy link and you can text it to someone. So will you do that really quickly? And if you haven't, I would really appreciate if you would, um, pause this and just write a quick review because reviews help reviews are gold to podcasters. And that is a free, simple way that you can, um, show your love for this as well. So that is my challenge, my uh, ask for you this week, if you will share the podcast with those in your life who might really benefit from it. And thank you so much for being here as well. Okay. Second announcement that I have, I'm really excited about this one. I have a new free guide for you and it's called, it's a long word or a long phrase, but I couldn't think of a better one. The guide to help you stop obsessing over food. Okay. I get email after email after email saying, I wish that I just could not, I'm tired of thinking about food. Food is constantly on my mind. I never stop thinking about it. I'm obsessed over it. And what would it look like if I could just free my mind from thinking about food? And I got a message the other day that said, I don't even know what I would do if I had freedom from thinking about food. That's how much energy mental time, energy, space that it takes in her brain every single day, obsessing over food. So this free guide is going to give you, um, I help you walk through four really simple mindset shifts that are going to help you create some action shifts in your life so that you don't have to obsess over food. So you can go download that at awomanofwellness.com forward slash food obsession and obsession is spelled O B S one S there E 
S-S-I-O-N. So it's one S at the beginning, two S's um, in, this, in the second part of it. I know sometimes it's hard to spell. So, um, but you can click the show notes and everything like that. But I really hope this guide helps you take those first few steps um, to stop obsessing over food, to help you clear some of that mental energy to be able to show up for the life that you want to live. Remember, we talk about food freedom around here and food freedom is not just about freedom from, you know, thoughts about food. It's what that freedom brings for your life. Okay. So share the guide with anyone in your life, share the uh, podcast, go download the guide for yourself. If you'd like it, I'm really excited about it. We worked really hard on creating this for you. And again, you know, me, we, everything we do is about shifting that mindset, shifting that mental perspective, because when we shift, shift the mindset, we shift our actions. Okay. So those are my two announcements. We are going to be diving in today on talking about when you think diets work, but how they ultimately cause weight gain. Have you considered that before? Let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Woman of Wellness podcast, a show for the woman who wants to make peace with food, love her body, and find joy in exercise and movement. I'm Elizabeth, exercise physiologist and women's nutrition and wellness coach here to spread the message that it is absolutely possible for you to enjoy food, exercise, and your body without guilt, shame, or regret. To the woman who is fed up with dieting, feels trapped in a body she wishes she could love, or who lets food and fitness rules overtake her life, it's time to put a hard stop on diet culture and discover wellness within. My friend, you are already a woman of wellness. Your worth is more than a number on the scale. You are worthy of showing up in love for your body today and every day. On this podcast, I want you to show up as yourself, beautifully imperfect and gain confidence to accomplish anything you set your mind to. I believe that every woman has the gift of knowing what her body truly wants and needs within herself, and I'm here to help you discover it. Join me each week for conversations about food, fitness, weight loss, and wellness to help you achieve your goals and love taking care of your unique body. It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable, and I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Okay, today we are talking about what, how, and why dieting causes weight gain. And before we jump into any of this, I want to explain what I mean by the word dieting. Okay, dieting has different quote definitions, I guess. Everybody thinks a different thing, but basically the base root, whatever you want to call it. In fact, ah, I think I have an episode on, on this. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know which one. Um, but at the base root of it, dieting is anything that you do that follows a kind of a finite plan with a, a time bound, um, situation. So anything where you're drastically changing your nutrition to follow a very specific plan, um, that usually typically comes with, um, some sort of time bound scenario. Um, so, um, we talk 
a little bit about, you know, how to spot a diet, it's time bound. It's usually extreme. Um, it usually requires you to cut out certain, certain kinds and amounts of food, um, those kinds of things. So as you're going along, I want you to think about like any sort of dieting behavior you have in your, in your life. Maybe it's like food rules, right? This food is good or bad. It, it, it brings, um, morality to food. That's also dieting. So I want you to think for a minute, like, what are the diet behaviors that you have in your life? Maybe you've been on traditional diets, or maybe you have those diet behaviors. Either way, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. So we've got to cover two things. We've got to cover the psychology behind, um, dieting. And we also have to cover the science behind dieting, because like I said earlier, we have to combine the mindset with the action and the way, the, the way you see things in your brain, the way that you see the world, um, is how you create the action. And so we're going to talk about the psychology of it, as well as what does it scientifically physiologically do to your body? Okay. I want to start with a little bit of analogy. I think several, many of you probably know this analogy. Um, it's Pavlov's dog. <laughs> and if you don't, I'm going to try to give it in a little, uh, quick description. Basically, um, dogs were trained to salivate upon a certain stimulus. So before the food even came to them, the scientist trained them to salivate how, and now I'm like, oh, I should have looked this up more, but, um, they were trained, I think, um, by a bell or a sound. Um, and as soon as they heard that they knew what to do because they knew the food was coming. And so they, they were trained, their body would salivate according to when that happened. And here's the thing that was a really rough description of it, but basically at the base of it is that they were trained to, um, have a response to a stimulus. Okay. Something was stimulated and then they had a very specific same response every single time. Well, we have something like this, a sort of conditioning when it comes to dieting, right? When we see that next diet, we all automatically kind of shift our perspective. Okay. I got to get in dieting mode, right? You you're looking for, maybe you're hungry, right? You're hungry for weight loss, right? These dogs were hungry or, or whatever. Um, and you're, you're interested. And then that, that diet comes, right? You see an ad for it. You see a, an influencer share about it. You see it on an, a magazine. Do we even do magazines anymore? You see it, you know, on TV or, or whatever, like you see it somewhere and it's almost like you're conditioned to be like, Oh, okay. I got to jump on that one because it's the next thing. Like it's the diet. So we're, we're a little bit conditioned to jumping on that next thing. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but I want you to think about that. How have you seen some of these conditioning patterns in your life? Just take a minute to think about that for a minute. Where have you been conditioned when it comes to dieting behaviors? So what do we do? We get on the diet, right? And 
guess what? It works. <laughs> it typically works, right? If you follow the diet, it works and you see results. So why am I here saying, trying to explain why diets don't work when you probably have a decent amount of evidence that when you're on the diet, it works, right? Of course, no wonder we're conditioned. No wonder we're conditioned because you, if we follow it, I know there's lots of times we can't follow it and it's hard, but like if we follow it, we usually see results. So I have lots of women come up to me and say, well, when I was on the diet, it worked. And I, and I absolutely agree with them. Like, I'm not going to deny that. Okay. So what is this? What is the, the psychology behind this? Well, the association in your brain is that when you're on the diet, you have control over food. It gives you a false sense of safety, right? Because when you're on the diet, you can't, you can't lose control when you're following it. You have that safety. The, the diet is safety for you because it means that you can't lose control on all of those off-limits foods. And I said, it, it's a very false sense of safety. We're going to talk about this, but either way, our brain still senses safety. When you're on the diet, you get results, right? You get results when, maybe I shouldn't say when you're on the diet, when you follow the diet, for the most part, you've seen results, right? And it's because 99% of the time, it's an extreme restriction approach. You have to cut back significantly on types and amounts of food. Okay. So another like false, like it gives, a, gives us result with kind of a side effect, right? The side effect. So being on the diet and having control over food, well, the side effect is this false sense of security, right? Being on the diet, following the diet and getting results. There's again, another false sense of like security and safety because it's an extreme restriction approach. Oh, when I restrict, I can do this. So sometimes in our brains, Dieting is mistaken for food freedom. Have you ever thought about this before? The diet is the only way I can have safe food freedom, right? Because I'm not safe off of the diet. I hear this a fair amount with Whole30, right? Whole30 has some great components that teach us some really good nutritious, uh, perspective. But if you don't know how to function without following it, that's not food freedom, right? The restriction is not food freedom, but we mistake it for food freedom. And I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers right now by saying this, but I want you to have a heart to heart with yourself and ask yourself right now, is, is my dieting behaviors really giving me 
what I want in my relationship with food. Is that true food freedom? And I'm not saying that food freedom is about being able to eat everything all the time, whenever you want it. And next week, I'm going to be releasing another episode talking about why intuitive eating is not a free for all. Food freedom is not a free for all. And you guys, I'm going to blow, blow you away. Like, you know, we're, we're trying to find this balance between, okay, well, so you're saying I shouldn't do these diet, you know, a a diet, extreme diet, but also I can't eat all the foods in the world and have all that freedom. Well, I'm going to help you find this happy middle. And we have to get ourselves to a place where we understand the approach that we're taking is not working and it's causing the opposite effect. You go on the diet because you want to lose weight. But dieting consistently, performing dieting behaviors is actually what's causing long-term weight gain, right? The yo-yo approach. So then you know, in your brain, you're saying, okay, well, then when I'm off of the diet, I don't have control over food. I, I lose control. I eat all the things. And then when I'm off the diet, I gain weight. I gain the weight back. Right? So our brain has this false sense of security. That's like, okay, well, the diet is the only way that I have control control over food, control over my weight going up. And it's because we have evidence of this, right? We've been conditioned to believe that diets work. They're all of a sudden there's a bell that dings and says, ding, do you want to lose weight? Here's the plan. And then you go, yeah, I'll follow it. Right. It's that conditioning. And we've seen it time and time again, that it works in a a finite amount of controlled conditions, right? It's strict, usually time bound, you know, requires a significant change. And we have evidence of this. So of course it makes it really easy to want to go back. That's why we call it a diet cycle, because we want to go back because we have evidence that it has provided that safety and and maybe some of those results, right? So diets work until they don't work. Because what happens on whole 30 day 31 and 32 and 65 The dieting behavior doesn't doesn't condition us for sustainability, doesn't teach us how to function, right? It doesn't teach us how to live a lifestyle that we want to live and, and help us match our habits with our body. I guess you'd say your, your body would, will start to match your habits. So emotionally we're a mess, right? We have a dependent 
relationship on diets. It's like a bad relationship, right? (laughs) When you're like dependent on someone and like when they're, when they're good, they're good. Right. And when they're mean or not good, it's not good. But yet we keep going back because there's this like hope that they'll stay good. This person will stay good because they're in this, they're so good. But then when they do this, they're not good or or whatever. (laughs) I don't know the best um, description, but it's a depend. It's a very, you know, you're dependent on this relationship. I've got to go back. And we get overly responsive to food. And I don't, I don't know if this is the best analogy, but I'm going to give it my best shot here. Um, I don't do drugs, nor have I done drugs. (laughs) Um, But I have learned about them in college. Um, And it's, it's kind of like this idea of, I hope I don't get like flagged for this, but like getting high on drugs, like getting a high on something. Maybe we could say drugs or whatever. Um, there's this, like, there's this things aren't what I want them to be in the moment. So then I want to get that high. So I perform the behavior that will give me the high. Well, it works, right? It gives me the high. I feel good, right? I have, I have the results that I want while I'm in this scenario, but then I don't know how to function off of that high. And this is a bit of an extreme example, but could you maybe see dieting behavior as a little bit of a high, like having, you know, this like, oh, it's working or it's going to work for me. Like this kind of weird level of excitement, even though, you know, at the end of it, it's not going to go well. Right. We don't know how to function off of it. Um, and it's, it's kind of the same thing where we, we just keep going back because we don't know any other way to kind of feel that way or like get those results. And then we especially don't know how to function off of it. So the diet becomes this, um, this like needed high, I guess, even though sometimes when we're on it, we're not feeling all that great either. Like there's definitely, you know, a a place like there's, there's that kind of coming off of it or whatever, but, um, either way, the point is we don't know how to function when we're off of it. And I thought for a minute, I would share a couple scientific studies. This is where, you know, my, what, six years of college is going to come in for a minute. Um, I wanted to share a couple uh, scientific studies that have been done about the emotional effects of dieting as well as physiological. And we're going to get into some of those. Um, but the keys experiment is one of the most commonly shared experiment, um, science experiment. I don't know if you've have heard this or, or whatever. Um, but it was these, um, military, let's see, it was, um, experiments as an alternative to military duties during the Korean war. So they took these healthy young male, um, uh, military men, 
um, without any history of weight problems. Okay. So at first they ate totally normal for like three months. And then what they, after that, they were put on strict diets where their normal food intake was halved for a period of three months. Um, and then afterward they went through a three month rehabilitation period where they were reintroduced to eating normal amounts of food. And it's, the results are fascinating because in this time period, food, when they were becoming, you know, that restriction food became the main topic of conversation, reading daydreams for almost all of them. Um, and even if they didn't have an interest in food before or cooking, they said that like these men were all of a sudden, like wanted to become cooks and, and, and just like, they were, they were just obsessed with food. And they said that it was almost impossible for them to stick to the diet. They found many, many men, um, eating secretly on impulse and feeling guilty after afterward. Um, they became more anxious and prone to feeling depressed. They had difficulty concentrating and began to withdraw from other people, less sociable. Um, the, some of the men developed what we call a buddy system to help them stop cheating. I want, I want you to think like, can you see yourself in some of this, right? A buddy system to say like, let's make sure we're not cheating. Um, and they were just having more agitation when they were in dieting quote diet, like restriction mode. They also noticed, this is interesting too, that men who had no previous concerns with their appearance and weight began to experience changes in the way they perceived their bodies. Several of the men complained about feeling overweight, even though they had lost weight and began to experience critical evaluations of their body shape and size. Isn't that interesting? So then they ended this study, right? they brought them, they, they let them eat the food again. And it said many of the men continued to have problems with eating, even though they were allowed to eat as much as they wanted. Again, they found these men had a harder time stopping eating when they were full and generally ate more than they thought they wanted or was good for them. They were preoccupied with food and some of them even reported that they, their cravings were even worse than before. So interesting, right? Interesting. <laughs> These men who, you know, had no, no real concern or issues, um, with food before found themselves in a place when they essentially were dieting, we're, we're talking restriction, right? All of the things that you would, you maybe have felt or seen with your own dieting behavior, body image issues, overeating, um, finding yourself more agitated, more obsessed with food, only unable to function when food was maybe brought back in, right? When the diet ends, we're unable to function because our brains are still in diet mode. Okay. Okay. I wanted to give you one more, um, scientific study. This one is by two psychologists called Herman and Pallavi, I think at the university of Toronto. And they talked about, um, food restriction in 
they had diet students that were dieting students and non-dieting students. And they were invite, they invited these students to, um, basically eat milkshakes <laughs> or as much ice cream as they wanted. And they kind of gave them like these preloads. So they got like a glass of milkshake and then two milkshakes, um, or nothing at all. Interestingly enough, the dieters ate the most ice cream after the biggest preload. What does this mean? So the, the, uh, researchers gave them the most preload food, ice cream, and then they still ended up eating more ice cream after that than the dieters or than the non-dieters. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying not to confuse you. So what kind of happened basically, um, is that uh, I'm going to read this according to the psychologist, the effect of the milkshake was to undermine the dieters resolve temporarily releasing them from their vows of abstinence after the milkshake, instead of doing penance for the calorific sin, the dieter persists in sinful indulgence. So when they essentially ate the biggest amount, they kept going right? How often do we do this? How often do we preload before a diet, right? We eat a ton before so that, because we're prepared to not eat anything in anticipation of deprivation. And then what happens a lot of times is, you know, we either go on the diet or like when we're in a place of being able to go off of it, we feel like we can't stop eating when we've either screwed it up or we're trying to prepare for it, or we're trying to get off of the diet. We've lost almost that ability to stop eating. They also, um, found, I mean, this one is kind of obvious, but maybe I'll just read it. Dieters are more likely than non-dieters to turn to food when they are emotion emotionally anxious or depressed. And they talk about how this phenomenon is created by dieting itself because we associate our emotions, the guilt with what we eat, how much we eat, right? We connect those two. So just a couple of scientific studies have been done that share with us the effects, the psychological effects of dieting. And here's the thing in college, I took this class. We had to read like 10 research studies a week. It was a nightmare. I never want to go back to that class again. It was Monday nights from 7 PM to 10 PM. My worst time of night, if we're going to be honest, and we had to talk about research study after research study. And we had to, you know, evaluate the evidence and all that stuff. Um, but there's something that I've learned a little bit more since being in college is there's so much power in your own story as well. There's power in science, right? There's power in, um, you know, them finding these results and finding similarities and all that. But I really want to remind you that there's power in your story. And I want you to think for a minute. 
in what ways has dieting behavior affected you psychologically, affected your thoughts, affected who you, how you think about who you are, how you show up. That's more important than any scientific study because it's you. And I want you to think about that. In what way has dieting behavior affected your mentality? And I hope more than anything, by the end of this episode, I I think it's a little bit longer than I was planning on it being, but I hope more than anything at the end of this episode, you see that there's another way and we can help you with that here. And my best, my best place to that, obviously listen to the podcast, but if you want to go deeper on this food freedom opens in one month. Uh, one and a half months. And we can help you with all of this and help you recover and heal that relationship with food and your body and all of the above. So if you want to do that, join us. You can click the the show notes or just go to a womanofwellness.com forward slash food freedom. And we can help you Get out of this trap, this place that feels very trapping, right? Those those studies feel hard to listen to, but we can see our stories in their stories. And let's not keep telling that same story. Let's change that story. So I hope by the end of this that you're going to mentally be able to release the, the, um, I don't want to say addiction, but that, that pull to go on another diet, to go on diets, because there is another way. And it doesn't have to mean that you give up on your weight loss goals. It doesn't have to mean that you, you know, eat everything in sight and accept defeat. Absolutely not. We're going to talk about that next week, but let's make a concerted effort today to say, I'm done with diets. I don't need that anymore because I have the support that I need here to help me get where I want to go without them. And when we launch food freedom, we always have a fun, free training, our ditch the diet challenge, and you'll want to be a part of that. So, um, get on that wait list so you can hear more about it. Okay. Let's move forward. Let's talk about the science behind why diets don't work. So there's science behind this. And the biggest science is metabolism. Diets wreak havoc on our metabolism. Why? And maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but I'm going to explain it today. Our bodies are meant to exist in what we call a high energy flux. This basically means that our bodies function best when we give them food, a good amount of food, and move them consistently. Consistent eating and consistent movement teaches our body to utilize the fuel that we're giving it. So the more you eat and the more you move, the higher your metabolism. 
And that's why people say, well, what happens to your metabolism after 40? Well, usually we kind of stop moving as much, not always, but like, you know, as we get a little bit older, I, sometimes I'm like 40 is not old now that I'm closer. Um, but, (laughs) but thinking about, you know, like you're probably not moving your body quite as much as you did when you were 20 or 16, right? Like, have you seen a 16 year old boy eat? (laughs) Those bodies are in a high energy flux, eat all the food, move, use the fuel. And your body goes sweet, turn on the fuel, right? We want to turn on the fuel. Well, dieting in terms of metabolism turns off the fuel. It says, okay, well, I, I need this much to function right? There's like a base limit. And then you decide to cut back on calories. And so I don't know what I'm going to get. And especially if you're dieting in and out. So like, you're like, sometimes you'll restrict, sometimes you'll overeat. Think about how confusing that is for your body. Wouldn't you think like, let's just say you had a kid. I mean, this is not, don't do this, but like, let's just say you had a kid you said, okay, well today I'm going to feed you like everything you want, all the food. And then tomorrow I'm going to restrict. And then the next day I'm going to feed you all the food for like three more days. And I'm going to restrict for four more days. That kid would be like, what is happening? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect. Right. And that's the same thing with our bodies. So when we go into diet mode, and especially when we step into that extreme restriction mode, our bodies are like, uh, hold on. I'm not getting the fuel that I need to burn. So I'm not going to burn as much fuel as I normally do. And so we restrict and then we tend to overeat when the diet, you know, when we don't follow the diet or we get off of the diet and our body like can't keep up. It it says, okay, hold on. I have been restricting all these calories um, because I didn't know you're going to feed me. And all of a sudden you feed me like all of this stuff, but I don't know what you're going to do. So I'm going to keep Like, I'm not going to burn those calories because I'm in kind of starvation mode. So that's why we gain all that weight back. And this is why maybe some of you have heard of a reverse diet. Um, it's, it's basically a fancy way to say that, you know, when women have been restricting for so long, the way that we recover our metabolism is actually by eating more food. And that's, I know that's not a, that's not something a lot of people want to hear, but if you have been in restriction mode for a long time, your body needs to know that you're going to consistently give it food so that it can respond by consistently burning the food. So then what happens when you stop dieting, right? Dieting just, it destroys our metabolism, but it doesn't destroy it permanently. It can absolutely always change. Our body is changeable at all times. So just because you think you've ruined your metabolism, you haven't, you just have to teach it how to get back to that, that efficient machine, right? We, we want our metabolism to be a, mach- a well-oiled machine. And so what happens then when we stop dieting, you actually, it, it's likely possible, right? Like I'm going to say likely and possible because you know, it, it depends on how long you've been dieting, how much you've restricted for how long all of that weight gain may occur when you give up dieting. 
because you're exiting starvation mode. Your body is responding to starvation mode, but you're exiting it and you're starting to eat more food and your body's going to take a little bit of time to catch up. So then we get frustrated that weight gain happens and we go back on the diet and we, and we can't teach our body to quote normalize. Okay. You also sometimes may find yourself consistently overeating because you're trying to, your, your body scientifically, like physiologically is trying to figure out, well, what is hunger and fullness again? right? I've got to start listening to those cues again. This is module three in food freedom. And this is by far the, one of the most important modules in there, because it's something that we, it's like so simple, yet something that we struggle to follow is honoring our hunger and fullness and understanding that. And so, you know, when, when we stop dieting, sometimes we consistently overeat. And we might see some of that weight gain because we don't quite know how to balance those. And that takes time to learn and work through. Okay. It also takes time for our physical bodies to catch up. Hormones have to shift, right? Metabolism is your hormone shifting. Like it is your hormones and we've got to give it some time to allow that shift to occur. Okay. So when you stop dieting, your body will change a little bit. Think about it. You go from extreme starvation or restriction to eating food. We're not going to expect our weight to keep going down. And that might be a hard pill to swallow, but understand that you're here for sustainability. So it's not that your weight's just going to keep going up, but there's going to be a place where some normalization needs to happen and we have to be okay existing in that space. So where should you start? Where should you start and what can you do? Let's talk about this. You are ready. You're ready to give up the dieting. You understand how it's not working in your life. I want to give you six steps to help you move forward and help you feel safe in leaving that diet. And I'm going to be working with you this whole next couple of months on this. And we're going to work on that in food freedom. Like that's what we're going to be doing. Um, but what can you do today? Number one, come to the conclusion for yourself, that diets don't work in your life. We've got to come to that conclusion because so often I have women coming to me saying, well, it worked, but it didn't. It didn't really work for the outcome that you want, which is a long-term lifestyle. You've got to remove yourself from the influence of diets. Unfollow people that make you want to go on another diet. Don't pay attention to those things. Remove that influence. Number two, start emotionally allowing food back in. We've got to start stepping into some food neutrality. This food is available to me. This food is always available to me. If I know that this food is always available to me, is it as exciting right now? So start, just start like thinking about that. Like when you see food and when you're practicing it, just saying this food is always available to me. There's no expectations of what to do about it, but just start getting in that mindset of like, okay, 
It's available. I can have it. We've got to step into a space of neutrality in order to heal that relationship. Step number three is to ditch the scale. There are times and seasons for the scale if you want them. But right now is not that time. Ditch the scale. You don't need it. We're not in weight loss mode right now. And we can learn how to get into weight loss mode sustainably. But the scale isn't, we're not expecting the scale to change in the direction we want if we're stepping out of extreme restriction. Okay. Number four is to get the right kind of support. Don't go find somebody that's doing a whole 30 challenge. That's not going to support you. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't just, just do whole 30, but that's the only thing that's coming to my mind right now. 75 hard. Um, that one's a little bit different, but any of these things, I don't even know. I'm trying to think there's a few other ones out there. Keto is kind of big still, but we don't even have to name, we don't even have to name the diet. I don't even, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be named. Um, but, but just thinking the dieting behaviors, that's what the diet brings is dieting behaviors, get the right kind of support, join us inside food freedom. That's what we do in there is give you that support to help you create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle with a happy relationship with your body and food and your goals and all of that. Step number five is to start physically allowing food back in. Now that you've emotionally connected, now start physically allowing it back in. Okay, I'm, I'm going to, like, this is not off limits to me. I'm going to experiment with it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to eat it. How does it make me feel? Like We have to start experimenting with some of these things. And then the last one is let the process take time to unfold. Remember in the study, one of the studies, those that were allowed to eat that weren't in the extreme restriction, that weren't in the dieter category, they were less preoccupied with food. It takes some time to get there and you are worthy of time and you are worthy of it taking time. And you can get to a place where you are not obsessed with food, where you are not constantly preoccupied with food but it takes some time to get there. Let time be your friend. Okay. I hope this episode has helped you realize that dieting behavior is not serving your long-term goals. It's keeping you in a cycle. It's keeping you stuck, right? It's keeping you in food obsession mode. It's keeping you in dieting mode. Mentally and physically, you're stuck. And if you want to be, I kind of envision like a um, Ferris wheel, you know, like you get on the Ferris wheel and then like everybody has to go on, get on. So like you move around a little bit and, you know, it's exciting at first. And then you get to the top and you're like, Oh, what's happening? You know? And, and then you get to the bottom and, and they kind of say, okay, now you get to get out and, and you have a choice to like get out. <laughs> or you have a choice to stay in and repeat the same cycle. Well, what are you going to choose? Are you going to stay in and keep repeating this cycle of yo-yo dieting, weight loss, weight gain, regain more, gaining more? If you looked at your dieting behavior, your weight loss might be pretty, or your weight gain might be pretty consistent over the years, right? 
So let's choose to get off that ride. It's not a fun ride. There's definitely probably a high associated with it sometimes, but it's not a fun ride. And join us in food freedom. Join us. Join the wait list. Join us in there. And let's work on that together. And, you know, today, get started on those six steps. I'm going to read them again. Come to the conclusion that diets don't work in your life. Start emotionally allowing food back in. Ditch the scale. Get the right kind of support. Start physically allowing food back in and then let the process take time to unfold. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to join the food freedom waitlist. Here's your, your next task. Download the freebie, the, the, the free guide that I've made for you to help you stop obsessing over food. Let's kind of start working through that. It's very simple. It's just like a couple things to shift your mindset on, just kind of like we've done today and that will help shift your actions. And then lastly, Will you give me a birthday present by sharing the podcast and reviewing it? That would be, that would mean the world to me. And I hope you love this podcast as much as I do. I hope it helps support you, um, in all the things that, you know, you want to accomplish, because here's the thing. If you listen to the intro, the outro, all of the, all of the things I talk about around here is that I believe with all of my heart because I've seen it in a hundred billion. Okay. Not that many hundreds of clients and people that I've worked with over the years that you are capable of meeting the needs of your own body. And all you need is someone to help guide you to do that. You are capable of whatever goal you want. You are capable of sustainable weight loss, but you have to be in tune with your body to be able to sustain that to create the lifestyle that you want to live you are capable of that let me help support you in that i'm here for that okay i'll be back next week we're going to be talking about intuitive eating and misconceptions that it's a free-for-all and basically an acceptance of defeat That's not true. And we're going to talk all about it. So I will see you next week. Okay, my friend, if you love the Woman of Wellness podcast, did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review? This helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it. And if these messages speak to you, why not share the love? I genuinely care what you think of this podcast. If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.